Welcome back to season two of Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with Amy and Mo, recorded live from SB Studios. Well, good morning and welcome to our show, Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with Amy and Mo. And man, it's snowing out there today. I can't believe it. My daughter got up today and I asked her to come down here with me and she said, nope, I'm jumping on the trampoline and she started making snowballs. Like it's that much snow. Yeah. You know, the only thing I was worried about today was that snow was going to stop me from golfing. (laughs) And that was the worst part. Like I I dressed up and and I looked and it's snowing. Do you have like a, do you have like a golf outfit? Yeah. (laughs) They call me the, the Mexican, uh, happy Gilmore. Oh my. Because I literally hit the ball. Like I take like three steps and then I hit it. You use the hockey stick? No, 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 no. Oh, you don't? Okay. No. But. That's what I pictured. But I'm happy to be back. And uh, no, Amy and I did not, you know, go our ways. Uh, they keep asking me that after that after that uh, episode. So you guys were so mad at each other. And I'm like, I think it's important. I welcome conflict. Within conflict, there's there's a lot that comes out. And um, I think a lot of good came out of it. And we're still here. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we finally got a speaker. We got two speakers coming up. And uh, today's speaker uh we kind of met randomly through through our kids and then media kind of you know i don't know I'm, they're listening i'm telling you media listens because her name kept popping up and popping up and i'm like all right that's live let's let's reach out and uh it took like a month or so to, for, her, for her to reach out but but she did that's okay um but cool story uh she for the last uh 20 years uh she has worked in the hair industry has uh, for the most part owned her own shops and uh, you know COVID hit and I'm not sure where the transition happened between wanting to do something different but lately in my life I've been getting people ask about life coaching like ah, maybe life coaching and life co- and I've been hearing the word life coach life coach um, so when I saw when I when I was starting to dig into your profile I saw something about life coaching I'm like that's it we're bringing her in so today, uh, I want to welcome Kristen uh, Kuborn. Yes. Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So welcome. Yeah, welcome to our show. We're so happy to have you. And I'm so glad you made the trip, even with the like our first snowstorm, I guess. So yeah. That's what I would call it. It reminded me of uh, like the Armageddon, snow Armageddon thing. <laughs> snow, like, snow Armageddon. Snow it was, yeah, there was like snow apocalypse. Yeah, that's oh. when I, that, that's when I moved scared? here. That's you when I moved trauma. here. It was awful. Oh my goodness, look at you. Yeah. Well, I grew up outside of Chicago, so none of the oh. snow bothers. This is nothing. Oh <laughs> man, me, so. I, I sound pathetic now. Well, Mo comes from far places. Yeah. <laughs> it's all relative to what you And know. no, in Mexico, it's not always summer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the contrary belief. Well, when I travel there, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kristen, thank you for being here with us. Um, talk to us about you. Like, how did you, how did you get on this path on wanting to do something different from from twenty years of experience doing something to completely changing? Yeah, I feel like twenty years in the beauty industry, and then transitioning over to something that is so foreign to you at, at you know after being this experienced and, and at an older age, you just dive into something brand new I feel like I I feel like for myself I would be terrified to basically start over my life yeah I think that in my last probably 10 years of life I started really growing myself as a person reading a lot of books and listening to podcasts and watching other people 
do cool different things and inspire others. And, you know, when I went into doing hair, when I went into cosmetology school, my mission at that time was to help people feel good about themselves on the outside, which would bring them feeling good about themselves on the inside. And there's something really magical that happens there. Um, You know, a lot of people will say, oh, you just do hair. must be fun to play with hair all day and just curl hair and make people feel pretty. But um, I shared so many things with my clients in their life, Um, hard times, good times. I got to be the person that heard when they were pregnant, when they got engaged, um, also when they lost jobs or, you know, I opened my first salon in 2008 during the recession and um, I had a lot of clients go through tough times and being able to help them through that listening uh, was great. I mean, it was, I was fulfilling my mission in that way. And then, you know, I think inspirations come in our brain for a reason. Like you don't get inspired to do something unless you're meant to do it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get scared to do it. And they think, I'm not worthy, I don't have the skills, I don't know how to do that. But I really believe that that's put in your brain for a reason. And for years, even when I had my last one, I kept getting this, like, you need to mentor people, you need to grow people, you need to help more people, you need to get on a stage and tell your story. Um, Because I was... I was mentoring my staff. I was teaching them how to cut hair. I was teaching them how to set business goals, how to grow their income, because I'd done that. I'd moved across the country three times. I rebuilt clientele. So I just felt this, like, there's something more there that I could do. And, of course, my clients always say, gosh, you're a therapist. And so I started making a joke that, you know, the therapy is what you pay for and the haircut's free, right? Oh, <laughs> I like that. And so I just think it's all led me up to this. And you're right. It was really scary at first. I sold my last salon a year ago. And um, it was a really hard decision for me, but the best decision. I I was so stressed out through COVID and making a go of this. And there were other factors in there that were stressful. And I physically got sick. Um, I lost a lot of weight. Like, I just wasn't doing good. Did you get COVID? Um, I did in the beginning. And I got it pretty bad. Um, But... Yeah, I was just sick with, I have stomach issues and other things flared up, and I Wait. started getting migraines and ending up in the ER, and it was just, stress can do crazy things to you, so I had to make that hard choice, like, and so then I start, I leased a chair from a friend that I know um, downtown, and um, only worked two days, and then I was home these other days, and I just remember feeling like, what am I doing, <laughs> like, I yeah, you're I used, used to, to work running. six days a yeah, week, seven like, days a week. You know you're a business yeah, owner. You run, you run a business, Yeah, but there's no time to sit down. <laughs> so <laughs> I started, you're doing. yeah, I started reading more and I was like, I really want, I now have the time to do this coaching and I now have the time to get on a stage and speak and write a book that I want to write and I'm going to do these things. And I started off and then of course, you know, the fear sets in. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and you're like... Who do you think you are that your you core, can do your core, this? Your core beliefs, right, of who you are. You're not, you're like, I'm not good enough. And yeah, Who wants to listen to me? Like, everybody has a story. Yeah. And like then you, did, you, sat, you sat and listened to, or you didn't sit, but they sat and <laughs> told you their stories for years. For sure. Did you, I just want to make a point. Like, in 2008, when the recession hit, it, like, you're a bit, like, the beauty industry is such a lucrative business that you would thrive in such a hard time. Yeah, I mean, risk. The beauty industry is almost recession-proof, they say. You know, there's a couple industries that are. And it was, 
you know, I had clients who are like, I give, I'm giving up my Starbucks because I'm, I'm not giving up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, or <laughs> I'm, I, I'm there. I know exactly. I give up my like. massage and my nails, but I won't give up my hair. You know, I can paint my own nails at home, but I can't do my own hair. Or, you know what, I come to you every four weeks, but now I'm going to stretch it out to seven. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I worked with people as well. Like, you know what? You just pay me what you can because I'd rather you in my chair than not in my chair. I, I really can, like, I, I really appreciate that, that these people, I think you're right. Like, the therapy is more important than the actual hair. So they, it was just kind of an outlet for them to kind of go through the process and grieve their losses and, you know, when uh, other things that they were going through to, like, still afford to come and get something on top of, you know, trying to keep up with their... Um, their looks, I guess. Yeah, like I said, there's something really powerful about how you feel on the outside. I mean, there's science oh, I remember behind science to yeah, back absolutely. that up, whether it's <laughs> the way you dress, you know, taking care of yourself and, and just what that makes you feel even on the inside. And um, that's pretty powerful and, and pretty cool. How, yeah. how do, much? Do you think that was a sign? Hold on. Do you think that was a sign when, when like recession hit and people were like, I still need to come to you? Where you're like, you know what? I actually do make a difference. Does, yeah, I think that was pretty big. But like 30 minutes after they left, uh, can, can we meet up for coffee? We're not <laughs> done with that conversation. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty special time. And then going through COVID again was a really hard time with clients too. There were, you know, I shared laughs and cries with people in that as well. Um, grandmothers who couldn't see their grandkids, you know, because they lived in another state because of COVID or um, missing family and not being able to work or having to work from home and, and what that did to people, you know, mentally was huge. And so sharing in those times were really special too, for me. And I think I feel very lucky that people will share that with me. I'm very blessed that people trust me enough to share that with me. Um, and it surprises people sometimes they'll start crying and tell me they're, story and then they kind of freak themselves out and they'll go oh my god I can't believe I just told you that yeah you know but I think that when you're in a if you think about it how many people do you let in your personal bubble touch you truly besides your doctor or your dentist maybe or your close family members like I'm there's some there's energy that's moved when you touch somebody's head yeah right and so I think it breaks down a barrier when you let someone in your personal bubble like that Absolutely, especially if, if I mean, because if, if I've had bad haircuts when I used to have hair, <laughs> and it, it it just didn't ruin my my day. Like it wasn't a bad moment. It was like a, a week or two until until I was able to finally like get rid of the image of the person who cut my hair, and let alone how I looked. Mm-hmm. So, um, but my question is, how much of the stuff that you heard you took home? Like I guess, from, like because you hear a lot, and when I used to go to the barbershop, it was always venting, right? It was like. <laughs> this girl or my parents or this and xy like how do you how do you how did you learn to like differentiate like how do i want to take home what not to take mm-hmm. home or i'm just curious yeah it's hard i um it took me a long time to figure that out i'm a pretty empathic person and i can feel people's energy very strongly and so it would there were days where like through the recession and through covid where clients would leave and i would just start to cry because i would just feel their pain And um, I learned from actually a client I had a lot of years ago. She was a massage therapist and into energy work. And she taught me a way to, she she said this to me. She said, everybody that you come in contact with, 
attaches like a string to you. If you can visualize that, right? Their energy, they're attaching a string to you. And at the end of your day, you have all these strings attached to you. And so if you can close your eyes and visualize a big box just coming down and cutting all of those strings off before you leave the salon, that will help you a lot. And that has just been huge for me. That, that That's a good one because I'm always asking that because obviously I'm a therapist or trying to stop being a therapist. <laughs> um, but one of the things that my professor said, just shake. I think I've said this before. Like you just have to like shake it. And, and mm-hmm. she said literally like you just shake your whole body and that that helps to 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 like relieve the emotions that aren't supposed to be yours like the feelings like sadness like you were feeling sad i always ask myself should i feel sad and the answer is no then i better check myself because if i go home i'm going to give that to somebody else so i I like the image of cutting that um and i tend to do that after i pass eagle (laughs) going home (laughs) i'm like all right work done Done. right and after that i i I try not to answer anything uh, on my phone i'm struggling but i'm working on it so (laughs) But yeah, one of my questions is I'm taking AMP, so I always relate everything. Uh, and one of the things that my professor said is after COVID, COVID actually modifies your 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 DNA a little bit. Okay. So I'm always like curious as to like you said that after COVID, do you think that had an impact on perhaps how you thought or did it modify anything about you? Hmm, I've never I haven't heard that yet. That's interesting. Um, I've heard of like long-term medical problems happening mm-hmm. with people, but I hadn't heard that it actually yeah. changes that for you. Maybe. I I mean, I've always wanted to help people. I have to say that since I was ready to go to beauty school. Like it was always something inside of me to help people. Um, so maybe it did shift something. Yeah. I mean, I did have it right in the beginning of bef- Yeah. Right when everything kind of got shut down was when I had it. And it to me was like, that was kind of the worst time to have it because it was so strong at that point. Um, yeah, that's something I yeah. definitely will think about and, and yeah, really dig and into that because yeah. I haven't even heard that before. Yeah, I, I, I'm learning in my professor. I'm going to bring him after I'm done with this class because um, he's he's teaching me a lot about the body and the science and, and how atoms come to be and the energy within. And mm-hmm. it has led me to ask questions about, you know, like like how did COVID, like do you, how do you think it modified you? Mm-hmm. Uh, because for us, I know that I went from working, I don't know, 40 hours like 80 hours mm-hmm. and and i think i've made the most money uh, during covid season and i think i i actually learned to be a better worker a better a better parent um and I, a lot of people had the opposite like they got very sick i didn't really get sick at all and uh, maybe i'm lucky i don't know or all the stimulants that i took <laughs> i don't know but, <laughs> all but the pre-workout i drank yeah <laughs> um but life coach like tell us a little bit about what that is um and how, how do you how know if, if, if that is kind of like the thing for you sure i think that life coaching is becoming more of a thing now it's been around for quite some time but i think a lot of people looked at it as what is that you know i don't need that um but if you think about it anytime you want to improve in anywhere in your life whether you're an athlete you have a coach right absolutely you need to pass your sats you you have a tutor aka coach right you mm-hmm. you have coaches to help you grow And so life coaching can encompass anything you want to grow in your life. So my mission is to help people find their highest path of life, whatever that looks like, because I truly believe we are all whole inside and we're all capable and we can do it. But sometimes you need someone to help you bring that out in you um, and help you look in that mirror and say, I'm worthy and I can do this and help you set those goals, track those goals and reach those goals. Wow. 
Um, and the reason why I ask is because as a therapist, when I was when I knew everything, and now that I know that I don't know everything, right? Wow. When, when they would say, "Did COVID do that to you?" Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> when I would hear live coach, it was I was like, "Well, it wasn't well respected." I would say a couple years ago, but it's become sort of like podcasts. Like a couple years ago, nobody cared about podcasts. Like it was dead, right? And now it's like something that's coming up, and it's good. Um, is there like something that, like a TAS certification or? Do you find another life coach <laughs> to become a life coach? Or Sure. There are courses and certifications you can take. Uh, there are, yeah, you can be mentored by another life coach. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do that. I haven't done those certifications. I've looked into them. Um, I have taken, you know, online classes from other coaches, and um, I've read coaching books and things like that. I, I believe that through my 20 years experience of working with people the way that I have in leading teams by owning salons that I am qualified to do that as it is now not to say that I know everything because I don't I'm still learning every day <laughs> and reading books and you you know using what I learned from that as well to better myself so that I can be a better coach for others yeah and everyone needs different things right and when you say therapist compared to life coach you're you know people do think like isn't aren't you just a therapist or how do you know if you need a therapist or if you need a life coach right? right? or if you just need a mentor? So there's different ways, you know, a therapist is going to help you work through past traumas and help you heal and help you in that way. Or, or mess you up even more. Or mess you up more. <laughs> a mentor is going to tell you how to do it, right? They're going to say, this is how I grew my business and this is how I became successful. And here's X, Y, Z, how these are your directions. Do it. Meet back with me, Right. And inspire them along the way as well. Life coaches are more um, going to ask, pull it out of you. I'm not going to tell you what to do or how to do. I also coach in business as well because I've done businesses. And I can give ideas and inspirations. But like you said, you ask a lot of questions. And, and that's the same thing I do to pull it out to show you that you're capable of doing it yourself because that is super empowering. And that to me is more what coaching is. Sweet. What is your... Um like niche or what like what where is you're like oh this is like the type of person i want to help like like for me it's trauma in the brain i love the brain and everything that comes with it so when a person has like a very high iq and they love energy i'm like okay i'm listening now right so is there like a specific type of person that that can be sort of like like you can be their life coach i guess yeah i think for me it's anyone who wants to grow whether that's in their career as a parent as a friend um i guess something that's really special to my heart entrepreneurship is huge for me because i've been an entrepreneur and i came from pretty tough beginnings and bootstrapped every single one of my businesses i didn't have help i got really creative right and i think you can do that anywhere in life and it's not about what you came from that happened to you and you get to choose now moving forward so for me, like people who maybe don't believe in themselves and they're dealing with worthiness issues, because I've been there, um, people who've gone through trauma in their past and are trying to better their life or, or don't even know how because they think, oh, that happened and that's just who I am and this is where I'm stuck and um, just inspiring those people that it doesn't matter what your story is. Like now you get to choose what it's going to be. Wow. Yeah, I like that. I kind of want to know what, 
like your story is of how you decided to make that change. I know you had mentioned, you know, you had more time on your hands, but like what, what was your motivation? Like why, why are you so determined to be so helpful? Like what's your story? Sure. I, um, you know, as a child, I, a lot of abuse, um, in the family to me, to my mother, domestic violence, um, you know, living in shelters and being homeless and going through all that as a young child and then trying to come into adulthood and understand how to do that. Um, relationship stuff, just all the things that we all go through, right? And then building businesses and all of that, I think, was priming me for this, I guess. And it wasn't until probably my late 20s, early 30s that I decided I, I can do better, right? Like, I'm going to start reading these books because I don't know. No one's taught me how to do this, right? And I've had, you know, whether parents or other people that I look up to in my life or who are close to me, like, put me down and question me every time I opened a business. Like, who do you think you are? Right. You know, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then doing it anyways. And so I... that people... Um, doubting you created more of a more of a motivation for you absolutely so I used to use that as fuel yeah so I would say okay sure dad you know I love my dad don't get me wrong but he's he's always been pretty hard on me you know and he didn't understand doing hair for a long time and he thought I was just playing beauty shop every day and you know that was a waste of my intelligence as he would say and um it wasn't until I opened my first salon that I think he started kind of to get more serious. And so every time him or anyone else would doubt me, I would just like, give me more. Yeah. I'm going to show you. Tell me I can't do that. Yeah. One more time. Because I'm going to, it's going to fuel my fire. And so, but in my journey of, of learning and growing, it's, I learned, you know, those people aren't trying to hurt you. It's, you know, if you think about it, like sometimes you're holding a mirror up to that person and saying, I'm doing what you were too afraid to do. And that makes them very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And, like, their fears almost become – they're trying to – I always say that when you beca- have this dream, the closest people to you will always try to stop you from it. And it's not because they don't want you to do it. It's because they're trying to protect you in, in, in some way be- because it's your dream. It should be crazy. I always tell people, your dream should be crazy because it's yours. And it, and like if I told my mom, like when I told her I'm going back to school, she was like, well, are you sure it's the right timing? Right. And she's not doing it because she doesn't think I can do it. It's because she, I'm her son. She's trying to protect mm-hmm. me. And her biggest fears, she's almost putting them on me, too. It's like, oh. So, yes, use, yeah. use your, your, your past as fuel to, to become something better. Yeah, I want to inspire other people that came from similar pasts, I guess, to me. Um, it doesn't matter. You can... You can really do anything, and it really is about believing in yourself. And so to try and circle back and answer that question is all of that led me to a really hard time in my life where things were crazy. I needed to decide if I was going to sell this business or move on and keep doing it. And I sat up one night, you know, until four in the morning just writing down pros and cons and what should I do and... You know, I worked really hard to build that business through COVID and all the things. And um, I just, I realized I needed to be home more for my kids and help my health. And it was okay to let it go because it was just a business. And it wasn't me. It wasn't what defined me. And so in that, when I did that, 
it just kind of came to me one morning. I was like, it's time. Like, I get inspirations in the shower. I've actually read about this, that it's normal because water takes us to a very peaceful place. and To the uh, present. Mm-hmm, we can get inspiration. So a lot of people do in the shower. And I was in the shower one day, and I was thinking about it, and it just kind of popped in my head, like, oh, my gosh, you can do what you've wanted to do for how many years now, right? And it's time, and you're going to do it, and now you have the time. And I had this inspiration for this kind of modular thing I wanted to teach people how to set goals and achieve them and it just popped in my head and I actually drew it (laughs) on the shower from the steam Uh and I just I started like writing this stuff out it was the craziest thing and then I just heard this voice like get out of the shower write it down (laughs) you know and and that just kind of launched me into okay this is this is just happening and this is starting to come out of me and then I started journaling again and I had all this free time to do it and I just think you got to listen to that voice and when you tell your brain what to look for it's like Google it's going to search for it and it's going to put it in front of you and it's going to show you those signs and if your heart and your brain are open to that you're going to see them and if it's not you're not you like you could miss that right so I just think it it just led me to this new path that's so cool and in the meantime I still am doing hair a couple days a week and I still get to spend that time with my clients Mm -hmm. and they're all very excited about it as well some of them don't get lifeguarding yet (laughs) that's okay (laughs) it challenges me though to be able to answer those questions when I've had so many clients like well what is it what is that what does that mean and at first I was like maybe (laughs) you know what am I doing maybe I should read questions I'm like nope this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing so Wow. No, I mean, and a lot of what you're saying is there's this part of the brain. I love teaching about the brain that it, all it does is looks for things that look alike. Like it just starts putting things. Are you talking right? about the RAS? Uh, maybe. I don't, I, I'm, the filter I, that we I, all have on our brain? I don't even. I'm, okay. When I talk about, I always forget the names. Mm. But I always give the example. If I go out and buy a purple uh, car because no one's driving a purple car. This is the R. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, it is. See, I'm reading this amazing yes. book right now, yes. and she was talking about it. And I've heard things about it before, but I never knew what it was called. And so Mel Robbins is a huge person. He, yes, he talks so about it. She's ta- her book that I'm reading right now is um, the High Five Habit, mm-hmm. and she talks about that. So yeah, which is crazy because if you hyper focus, so people with substance use, like uh, that ho- that focus on my addiction. Well, if you focus on that, that's all your brain's going to look for. So the chance of you relapsing are like even higher versus actually focusing on something positive, such as your your dream, right? Because then your gears towards it. Life will give you everything will put people in your life because you're focusing on that. Mm-hmm. So going back to the example, if I buy a purple car because nobody drives one, tomorrow I get there and guess what? There's like three purple cars in the parking lot. My brain's not picking up on it because I'm not focused on it. But now that I am, it's just searching for it. So once we understand that about life and energy and that we're nothing and that we're all energy, you really can get anything you want. It's true. And it's addicting. Get addicted to that. It is. (laughs) Yeah. And living in a state, a mindset of abundance and growth is that there's enough for everybody. And... Uh, yeah, attracting that, manifesting. And there's a lot of different ways to mm-hmm. talk about it. And I've manifested every single one of my businesses because I did exactly that. There was one of my businesses I just needed $4,000 more, right, to finish off and open. And I just, I kept focusing on that mm-hmm. amount. And I'm like, I got to find it somewhere. It's going to happen. I know I'm going to get that. 
And then I got a thought in my head to call a particular client of mine that I'd had for so long who had always believed in me and he always was excited for my next adventure. And it was a very hard thing to do, but it, again, pops in your head and goes, call him. Call him right now. And I was like, this is going to be really uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I always tell people, like, if you never ask the question, the answer is always no. Yes, so. exactly. So I called him. I asked him if he would invest in, in me and... He was like, well, I've never done anything like that, but let me think about it. And uh, the next, you know, and I said, I'll send you my business plan and my projections and all the things. And I send it off. And the next day he emails me back and he says, I'm in. I believe in you as a business person and, and as a human. And this is the laws of circulation in real life. And I don't need to read your plan and things because I just believe in you. And, I mean, it's just amazing. You just can't get held up on the, it's not going to happen because then it won't, right? Right. You're right. Like yes. if you don't ask, you don't know. And maybe he would have said no, and then I would have found it somewhere else. Right? Exactly. Right. And I think we at times we get caught up on, uh, I didn't get the loan, then I'm not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm one. Just, I don't take no for an answer. And people that know me, believe me, if you treat me wrong at a restaurant, it's a free meal for me coming down because I know <laughs> that. And and that's just an example, right? And I'm not mean about it, you know. But I'll just take it up. Like McDonald's, I have certificates for McDonald's. <laughs> like, n- like I have like $100 worth of certificates because they get my order wrong and they don't want to give it to me. And I'm like, okay, I'll just email corporate. And then there's like 50 bucks there. Like, it's, it's hey, easy. I think I've got a free Dutch Bros off you before. Yeah, remember when they <laughs> yeah. messed their order? And I'm like, watch this. I don't know. <laughs> and then, and it's because I don't take no for an answer. So if I put something, I know it's mine. Mm-hmm. And anything that comes in between, it's not to stop you from it, but it's to make you want it and know that that's what you really want. And literally, that's my groups are all about this. Like, I don't talk about depression. I don't talk about anxiety. I literally talk about, like, your vision, your dream, and that if you stay within, you will be safe. But if you think you want to go help Jimmy over there, you're going to get lost. You're going to get hurt. You're going to take advantage of so I love what you're doing. I'd hire you right now because <laughs> we're looking for therapists. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think during COVID, uh, I mean, talking about like the brain and, and DNA and stuff like that, just because of the shift of everyone having to go into isolation. So I don't know if I'm not sure if your actual DNA changes, but we talk about like epigenetics, right? Mm-hmm. So then things, gene expression starts changing. Yeah. And so things are turned off. And things are turned on. And a lot of things were turned off when going into isolation. So everyone was locked down in their house and they were restricted. And so part of the people became very sad and lonely. Yeah. And that made them restless, nervous, and uncertain. For you, or or maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but for people like me and Mo and maybe you, we found how to work around that. And maybe because of our education level, but what it did for the shift uh, for us was it shifted us in the opposite direction where we started to have a stronger work ethic. We had to really dig deep down in ourselves to find out what like what we were made of. And what it did for us is it created this podcast in some well, ways. <laughs> well, it created, it created this podcast yeah. for sure. <laughs> Um, because we, you know, in our line of work, we wanted to be helpful. And so we saw the influx of people coming into the institutions with all these uh, these issues, um, these depressive sy- symptoms, um, fear, a lot of fear, what uh, people coming in, substance abuse just skyrocketed. 
Um, so we like worked around it, but what it did for us in our shift is that we became like, we had to work more. Like there, there was less workers, but more people to serve. So what I think it did for us is that it turned on that like, uh, activity level for us to be like, no, uh, like we're, we're solid in our mental health. Like we're energetic. We're, 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 uh, we want to be helpful people. So we learned how to work more. Yeah. (laughs) And fortunately for us, it made us more money. Um, I feel like it exhausted us at some point in the year, but like it made that shift for us for other people like coming out of covid there's still that fear because it does it does like turn you know the epigenetics it does change that on top of the dna and so people coming out of that now they have to be retrained to not be afraid um that loss isn't uh, a forever circumstance that that um you can overcome these things um you don't have to be sad all the time um and you don't have to be anxious, like all these things. And so I feel that what you're doing now, I'm so grateful that there are people in the world that have been aware and they're willing to provide these services for all these people because they're so needed because a lot of people have turned, you know, they've changed their their DNA, I guess is what yeah. you're saying. And they don't know how to get back to to being what they were before. And 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 because it's it's like in their brains now it's instilled that going back teaching themselves a different way they're like oh yeah i used to be like that i'm not like that anymore and they've accepted defeat or like you know they, they felt defeated they've accepted it they've thrown in the white flag this is their life now yeah. but it doesn't have to be and they don't get it because their brain tells them every day that this is it there's nothing yeah. le- there's nothing else so we do need life coaches we do need counselors all, all that kind of stuff and i do so this I is this is a huge this is like a huge impact and maybe that's why it's become more popular. And one thing that when I look at our, our where we work in our in our sources of when we refer people out, there's no life coaches. And I think it is missing. I think that is a component within mental health that you do need that because a lot of the therapists, like you said earlier, we we focus on the trauma, we focus on on other aspects and not like I couldn't tell Blue Cross, hey, I'm gonna teach this guy about energy. And it like I we can't. Yeah, so we're I, not paying for that. Right? So I do really think that we need to incorporate more life coaches to to take a different aspect, right, to the coaching component. So when I think about going to the gym, I need that that coach to take me to the next level. Mm-hmm. Like, without it, like, I'm, I'm stuck. I don't know what I don't know. Um, so I really do think that, I'm at least in, in our outpatient setting, I will put your name down and, and say, this is a life coach. And... Um, she's speaking my language. Cause a lot of mm-hmm. people say, who do I go to? And there's not that many people that, that are speaking what you're speaking uh, at that level, even therapists or, or doctors. So you'll be receiving a lot of phone calls. I oh, guarantee you. you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Can you tell us maybe one of your experiences that you've had in life coaching where you felt like, you know what? I think this makes sense. I, this is like, you're, you were definitely like concrete. Like you had the idea. I need to be doing this. But do you, like, where's the proof in the pudding? Like, have you had any of that yet? Sure. I have uh, a few clients, uh, and a lot of it, for me, the ones I have currently are, are entrepreneurs. I'm doing a lot of, of business stuff. But life coaching comes into that because when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a business, you need to have the other stuff too, right? It's not just about growing the business. So I've been currently working with a gal who 
is starting a business on her own and her kiddos just went out her last one just went off to college and now she's in this new chapter in her life she's in a new relationship and finding her way through all that um, working through the fear and the doubts with her of can I really make this business a go and this is the first time I've done this kind of business because she's done a lot of other things and also now my kids are in college so what does that mean for me and life is so different Um, And I've seen her really grow through that and transition through. And for me, the reward is when we leave a session and, and, you know, she leaves and she texts me just, gosh, thank you so much. Like you just are helping me so much. And my day is just so much better because I met with you today and I want you to know that just those kind of messages for me are awesome. And and seeing her smiling and the excitement inside of her when we are in our sessions and just how amped up she gets about her mm-hmm. business and her, her life that, that she's moving into now from transitioning into being a single mom, raising two boys for years to now being an empty nester and having this new exciting relationship in a new business. So it's, for me, I guess it's not a big, like, it doesn't have to be something huge, right? It's just like, Today, I did my to-do list like we talked about, and I feel really good about it. It's the little wins that we have to celebrate. Oh, right? absolutely. That's mm-hmm. what I say all the time, right? Even when the biggest mess-ups, the little ones is where you're the hardest. And when my kids messed up big, I'm like, that's when you give the most grace, yeah. right? <laughs> like, because most people do the opposite. I'm like, they don't care about the little ones. They mess up big times. They get mad. I'm like, no, it's the other way around. You, you, you teach them for the little things. Those yes. little things is what makes... Uh, the human like just be more healthier like more productive and you learn from it mm-hmm. it's a compound effect you know it's the little things that add up to the big things and people aren't always willing to do those little things every day to grow into the bigger because they look at the whole mountain right and they mm-hmm. get overwhelmed and then they quit and it's about just one step at a time just inch by inch you're like a paid best friend <laughs> I know. I kind of want I'll one. Pay. <laughs> I got a regular right? friend. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> right? I, I don't know. I, I'd pay for this. Sometimes we just need that. Yeah. And w- at my lowest point, when I moved to Idaho, when we're talking about like snow, like, what is it? Snow <laughs> or Yeah. I wish I would ha- could pay somebody to be that person to can kind of hold me and not fall. And I think you can provide that for a lot of people. And, even if it's paid, I still would have done it because in Idaho, I always say this, people are so nice, but they don't let you in. Yeah, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, they don't let you in their little circle. It's a different kind of nice. And I felt yeah. that when I moved here from Chicago as well was people are really nice and they're kind, but they they do. They If they've grown up here or they've been here a long time, they kind of have these, these tight-knit groups. Yeah. And, and they don't really let you in. They'll talk to you and be kind and yeah, they say, "Hey, you know, how are you? Oh, sure, anything, no worries." And then they invite themselves and then- <laughs> to it, and then you're just left by yourself. I'm like, oh. and then when it's like, well, I need, really need more than that, right? Yeah. Hey, can we go hang out? Oh, sorry, I have plans. I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> but in and there's nothing wrong with that. There's there's no right or wrong. It's just different. But in the Midwest, it was like friends were also like family. You know, I like to say like I like your shovel friends, right? The ones you can call at two a.m. and be like, "Hey, yeah. I need you to show up at this location with a shovel." <laughs> and they don't yeah. ask any questions, <laughs> and they're just there, right? Like they got your back. Yeah, you know, absolutely. they'll give you the shirt off your back. They like off their back. Um, I've you know, it took me a while, but I've made those friends here. It's not that it doesn't exist. Yeah. I just think it was a little bit. It harder. took a lot of time though. But also, at, 
also, I think making adult friends is a lot different and harder it anywhere is. you live. Because too, after college, like. I was like, Ugh. Okay, so then with life coaching, how often are you seeing your like client, and then are they able to call you at two a.m. You know what I mean, like. Yeah, so I mean, like boundaries, with anything, boundaries. you gotta have boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. But and I struggle with that doing hair as well. I have clients text me any time of the day and night. I changed my mind. Can we do blonde but, instead? But with life coaching, um, we meet typically once a week uh, for an hour session, and yeah, I mean, I'm pretty available. I haven't had anybody do that, like try to call me at two in the morning or anything. Um, I feel like people are pretty respectful of that session they have with me that week. But through the week, I'm always open to. You know, if they need to jump on a call or a text or um, or if I have someone who I know just kind of needs that extra inspiration, I might just send them that through the middle of the week or just kind of like a touch base or just like a, a quote that makes me think of them or that I know that they might need to hear. Because, again, to me, if someone pops in my head and something comes with it or I'm listening to something or I'm reading something and I think of that person, whether it's a friend, family or client, I know that that universe is telling me that I need to yeah. reach out to that person and I need to say that because they really needed to hear that. Yeah. Do you have like um like an intake form or like how do you know if this is the right client? How do you know if they're not doing it for other reasons, right? Um, do you take males? Is it just females? No, male and female. I do have an intake form and an initial consultation to sit down and and see what they're looking for does that align with me what are your expectations of me as a coach I don't want to work with anybody that I can't help or enrich their life in the way that they need to because maybe it's someone else that would fit them better uh and yeah I think that that's really important is like what are your expectations and I'm going to tell you what mine are of you and then how can I help you get there like one of my clients is like okay I need homework I need to know that I have to do something before I see you next time and then I need you to hold me accountable like I think that that's really huge to know how because everyone works differently some people need a little more that would have been me paying my bills (laughs) like you need to pay this bill and this bill this this week like if nobody tells me that I'm just like yeah yeah whatever I'm not doing it but yes I mean we do know we but but that's I think society doesn't go there like when I was struggling paying my bills even though I had the money (laughs) like something's missing and, and my therapist is going to be like, well, he's going to try to teach me something else that is not correlated to what I'm struggling with. So if this is you, like, I guess this is where you kind of reach out and, and look for a, a life coach to be able to to get you through that hump. Like, look, I can't put myself on, on a schedule to pay my bill. Like, I don't know why. I just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it could be a resource like, look, use your phone. Use, use this app. And then I can monitor that, right? And um, it's missing. It's missing for a lot of people who struggle, like I have with ADHD. Um, That's so why you don't pay your bills on. I know. <laughs> auto pay. That's the, I've learned to use auto pay, it's but then I lose my wallet like every other week, <laughs> so it's a pain. <laughs> so, um, so how do they reach you? How how can clients contact you and um, sure, get to know I more ha- about what you do? I have uh, my website, which is illuminatinggrowth.com. There is a you know contact button on there, and that sends like an initial email, and, and I would respond to that. They can call me. Phone number's on there. Also, my Instagram page, illuminatinggrowth1. 
uh, is also up on Instagram and message me there as well. Sweet. And I know one of your goals is also to like kind of be a speaker, right? Like I know yeah. we talked about that. <laughs> and um, I mean, we had uh, Jason Coombs. I don't know who Jason Coombs is. He's a, he was on, he's a TEDx uh, talker. Uh, he's one of my good friends. He's one of my, my main people. Um, but yeah, if you know, that's, that's how life works is connecting people to people. And uh, he's helped me a lot when I have an issue. I'm like, I have an issue. Um, but thank you so much for, for coming to, to our podcast um, because that's what life is about, connecting mm-hmm. others. And like yep. you said, I like how you said, like, like we, we leave. Well, how did you describe that? We, when we touch somebody, you leave something in them. Like it's through energy. Or- yeah, through energy. As you were saying, we're all energy, right? It's shifted. It's transferred. It's taken on. By each other and we leave something with everyone we share time with and sometimes it's really great positive energy and sometimes yeah. it's ne- negative energy that we need to cut away um and yeah so thank you for having me on i love absolutely both of what you guys have talked about and i learned some things <laughs> it's just great yeah we, now you have now you can go to blimpy on, in amba and <laughs> and try out there and uh, amy's sandwiches out there yeah come on down it's a great time <laughs> All right, Amy, ask your question. She yeah, so before we go, is there anything that we missed or anything you wanted to add before we cut you off? Before I, don't I, before I cut my string from you? Go our separate ways and cut off. Um, I'm, no, I think we, we kind of covered all the things. I w- you know, I was excited coming into this and not sure what was going to come out. And yeah. I think that's super fun. I love having conversations where you kind of don't know where it's going to yeah, go. I, Those I'm, are the best. We're always looking for people um, that we can send um, for resources. Like we, we come in contact with pe- all, all types of people, some that need a lot of help, some that don't need uh, too much help. And I mean, there's, there's just, there's so many people. So, yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely put you on our Instagram, Facebook. You can find us at not everyone gets a trophy.com. And yeah, please uh, share your comments and ask us questions and let us get you to uh, some life coaching. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. And even if you, I know that there's been like at least three people who've asked me, how do you even become a life coach? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I barely became a therapist. <laughs> so <laughs> I have no idea. So I will send them your way. I know that there more, there need to be more of you in the world. Yeah. I, oh, I, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And I know that we didn't uh, say this, but you do have somebody here. So I just want to say thank you for being with us. She is <laughs> Brooke. Brooke. I know uh, you being part of like this creates a different energy as well. Yes. So I just wanted to make sure you're, you're out there and thanks for being with us today as well. Thanks. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed our week. Um, We're looking forward to some more guest speakers coming up. And yeah, you guys. Take care. Be safe out there with that snow, rain, slush, (laughs) everything that comes with it. So, Okay. Have a great week. Adios. Thank you for listening to this episode of Not Everyone Gets a Trophy, hosted by Amy and Mo. This episode has been brought to you by SB Studios, Boise's number one podcast producer.